We feel the love. Mm-hmm. So this is our new little girl. Obviously she's new because she's quite small. <laughs> Waving. Say hi. Hi, everyone. I'm Ben. Um, my wife has a nicer voice, so she's going to do the majority of the speaking today. But um, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about... Um, the fact that I have one of your very own in my team, Emily Wright. And uh, she's, she's doing an amazing job. She's an amazing um, addition to my team. and she's, So she's basically learning to be a designer. But, well, she's already designing for you guys, so she's just getting better and better all the time. And it's just a, amazing to have with us. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to keep her as long as possible. But eventually, I believe she'll probably come back to you. <laughs> I was going to say, don't tell a mum and dad that. So, uh, they're not here. Okay, so uh, okay, that, that's his nefarious plan, just to warn you. Um, such a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm making sure I'm turning to the right page in my journal, not the page which has Sarah's fabulous granola recipe on it. That is the next page. I, if you don't know, Sarah has the, the best granola I've ever tasted in my entire life. I dream about the granola. And this time, this time I've got the recipe out of her. So I'm taking it home to Canada. Yes. Um, well, this morning I want to talk a little bit about um, one of the things God's really been speaking to us about re- recently. And that is about identity and who and what defines us. Um, it's something God's been speaking to me about because you know what? When, when someone says to you, who are you? Often, you know, when you think about who are you, if I ask you that question, who are you? What are some of the answers that come to mind? Often we define ourselves, you might say, well, I'm, I'm a mother, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, I'm, a, I'm fun, I'm alone. I'm, you know, what are the things that we think of to d- define ourselves? You know, I could say, well, I'm a mother, I'm, I'm a fun person, I'm tall, I'm, you know, I, I might define myself by my job, by my role in life, by the circumstances. So sometimes you might be like, well, I'm divorced, I'm widowed, I'm, I'm single, I'm, I'm, you know, by the events that have happened to us in our lives. And yet, as children of God... God is wanting our primary identity to be known as his children, as sons and daughters of the Father. And most of you will be like, yes, I know this. Your head is assenting to this. But sometimes our head knows this, but there's a whole part of us that is not quite on board yet. Do you know what I mean? And actually, recently, I have to let you in on a, a terrible secret that in Canada, when you, when you have a baby, you get a year's maternity leave. I know, I know that's, a little, that's like a, little, a little bit painful when you're like, oh, a whole year and the government pay you to have this whole year. You know, it's quite delightful. But, you know, for me, as I was looking forward to having Little River joining us, um, it was going to be a huge transition in my life. And although here I am at the school and pastoring and doing all these things, there was this little question in my mind, when this big change happens, I know that my identity is not in my role in life, but am I about to find out that there's some little parts of it that really are? Do you know what I mean? Like, being real, there was that part of me that was like, what? What if when I'm not doing that role, when I'm not, you know, pastoring and involved in people's life, what if I just feel a bit lost? 
What if I feel quite insecure? What if I feel like my position is gone and it changes who I am? And actually, it's been quite an exciting journey where I'm like, actually, I'm really, I'm feeling really, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still me. I'm, it's not shaking the foundations of who I am because this role has been taken away. And actually, there's a girl doing my job right now, and she, she does some parts of my job better than I do. And I'm okay with that. She is, she is like on fire in the administrative department. You know, organization, I, I have to confess, I procrastinate. I, you know, I put things off to right at the end. But she is just like efficient and methodical. And it has been such a source of joy to me in my life with God where I realize who you say I am is more important to me than the roles that I have in life. That that is what gives me security, not what I do. And part of my ongoing journey in life with God is to, is to increase and secure that foundation. Um, what we believe about ourselves and who we believe ourselves to be will alter and affect our behavior. So if you believe yourself to be a failure... It will affect, it will play out in, in your behavior in life and will begin to affect your circumstances. If you believe there is something wrong with me, it will, it will affect your, 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 your ability to say yes to things, your ability to take part in things, because there's always going to be this little nagging thought at the back of your mind. And God wants us to bring us into a place of freedom where we believe who he says we are, regardless of our circumstances. That even if we feel really weak in life, he says, you are strong. And that he believes the best of us, even in our weakest places. And I love that about God. I read this really interesting study recently. Um, it was, uh, they, there was an article about it in the New York, York Times. And they, they did all these studies um, with children. And the focus of the study was, how do we cultivate moral behavior in children? And they discovered that if the, the language really affected things. So, for example, they had all these three to six-year-olds, and they, were, they you kind of gave them a, a little simple test. And one time they would say, please don't cheat. Do not cheat on this test. Do not cheat in this game. And another time they would say, don't be a cheater. Do you hear the difference in that? One, they link with their identity, who you are, and the other is more about behavior. And they found when they said, don't be a cheater, there was a 50% reduction in cheating in comparison to when they just said, modify your behavior and don't do this. And they did it again and again, and every single time, when they said, don't be a cheater, it had that same effect. And they found it across the board. If they said, please, would you, would you like to help? Or versus, do you want to come and be a helper? Every time, the, if, you, if they invited them to be a helper, these little children would respond like 30% more. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? What we believe about ourselves when we think, oh, I might just cheat this one time. It's just a little behavior. Versus... I'm not a cheater. That's not who I am. So what we believe about ourselves will either limit us in life or it will launch us into the things that God has for us. And 
I want to be living free and limitless in the kingdom, not being hemmed in by some of the labels that I've put on um, on myself. You know, you know, the Father talks about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, in Romans, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And part of getting rid of those labels that we've placed upon ourselves means that we want mental and heart transformation. And one of the things I love about when you are secure, when we are secure in our identity, it enables us to overcome temptation. Which, I don't know about you, but I'm a big fan of. Because, you know, just because we're a Christian doesn't mean that temptation disappears. Anybody else notice that? Even when you become a mature Christian, you're like, surely I've been a Christian 20 years. Nope, it does not render you immune to temptation. But let's look at Jesus. Jesus knew who he was. Would you you agree with me? And um, in Luke 4... I have to say, I don't like the Bible on the iPhone. I like to see it. I, I find it like, where is everything? You know, and you, you just you, you, you can only see like six lines. But Luke three, uh, the end of Luke three, Jesus um, goes to John and he's baptized. Um, and as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven: "You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased." And now Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Then it goes on into Luke 4. (laughs) And then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of that time he was hungry. Why? I bet he was extremely hungry. Now, in that moment of baptism, Jesus has not done any ministry. You know that. He's like 30 years old, and it's like his debut, his launching into his three years of ministry. And at that point, the Father speaks over him from heaven, and he, said, he says, This is my son, so this is identity, whom I love. So he's describing something that I love him, and I'm well pleased with him. He's speaking acceptance and affirmation, and that is what God is speaking to each one of us. And so the thing is, Once Jesus has this affirmation from the Father, then he goes out into 40 days of temptation by the devil. That's that's a long time. That's 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 an onslaught, I would say. And yet, knowing who he was enabled him to resist temptation. Being secure in his identity, because when you look at what the devil says, he's like, if you are the Son of God, if you really... If you're really the son, are you really him? And you know when someone kind of says that to you, like, if you're really like this, don't you ever have the temptation to show them? You're like, I will show you. I will show you who I am. I remember when I was about 11, I had, I had a, well, no, probably about 13, I had a friend who was just like, oh, Sarah, you don't know how to talk to boys. Like, you really, you just don't know how to talk to guys at all. You don't know how to attract them. And I remember making, I remember just thinking in my anger toward her, I will show you. <laughs> just like... Bring it on. And actually, it was quite interesting for quite a number of years after that, I was like a magnet for odd guys. I would just, you know, I would walk into like Starbucks and I used to spend my Saturday mornings there and almost every Saturday morning, some 
odd guy would come and talk to me like, hi, how are you? And I would like have all my like books, my iPhone in. I'm like trying to do everything to, to be like, do not talk to me. And time after time, this would happen. And actually the father, you know, I was like, what's going on? Eventually the father spoke to me and he was like, Sarah, you made this decision. I will show you. And it's like you have a big beacon on your head saying, hello, anybody at all, come on over. You know, I, I'm interested. And when I prayed, stop. Never happened again. It was, it was so, and I was like, wow, I made quite a significant decision in the spirit that day. But let me tell you about, I like to call it the temptation slide. Have you ever had that day? You have a wretched day. You know, everything goes wrong at work or at home. And you're just, you know, it's like, oh, I feel so tired and overwhelmed. And just life is not going away. Everything, everything is bad in life. If you're a little bit like me, you tend towards a slight dramatic. And you're just like, life is terrible. All of it. I am, oh. And, you know, maybe that little voice is just like, oh, I'm just going to have one. I'm just going to have a piece of chocolate to make myself feel better. And you, you, you take out that cho- large chocolate bar and you have one piece and then like 10 minutes later you realize the whole chocolate bar is gone. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh, I, this was the month where I've just been really focusing on not eating sugar and I've eaten the whole chocolate bar. And that little voice is like, oh, you're such a failure. You always do this. And you're like, oh, yes. Well, you know, I ate the whole chocolate bar. What's one more chocolate bar? (laughs) And you're just like, well, it's just there, and I already feel bad. And you just eat that a second whole chocolate bar, and now you begin to feel like, oh, oh, I'm such a disappointment to myself. And then, you know, maybe over here you're like, I'm just going to... I'm just going to watch TV because that always makes me feel better once I've started feeling bad. And then you watch and then you binge on like a like six hours of TV. You know, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to watch that series. And then you watch three and then it's 2 a.m. And you know you're going to feel really bad in the morning. And then you're just like, oh, and you're just getting further and further away from who you know yourself to be. Now, it's easy. It's easy when it's chocolate or maybe TV. But there are other things, aren't there? Maybe it's self-hatred, but that's your slide. You're like, you know, heading towards self-harm or, or, you know, some of the, the difficult things that we struggle with that tempt us when we're low and we're vulnerable and we're tired and we're overwhelmed and we've had a bad day. And, you know, one moment you're over here. Just like, yes, it's been a hard day. And the next moment you're like, ooh, chocolate bar, chocolate bar, TV, TV, oh, oh. And you're just like washed up on this beach of disappointment. Has anyone else ever been there? And you're just like, how did I end? It was just one piece of chocolate. (laughs) It was one piece and somehow now I am here broken on the shores of my lack of self-restraint. And, um, and I, I, would, I would say to you that often when we know who we are, when we know I am beloved, I am, I am chosen, I am an overcomer, I am, I am able to say no to these things. When we know that I live in victory and that is a truth, not just a, a word in our head, we're able to short circuit that temptation slide. 
Because you know what? When Jesus was challenged on who he really was, if you're really the Son of God, show me. If you really want to, let's short-circuit the cross. Let's short-circuit this plan of God. Just worship me and I'll give you everything. He... It didn't rock him. He was like, no. He knew who he was. He knew he was the Son of God. He knew he was loved. He knew he was delighted in, even without having done all the stuff he'd come to do. He knew who the Father was. And that's where we're all invited into. Um, you know, when, if you look at the story of Jacob in uh, Genesis kind of 38, you know, Jacob was a deceiver. You know, he deceived his father. There was the whole thing with his father-in-law and the, and his wives. He was just, he was a bit of a tricky customer, let's just say. You know, kind of one of those guys who's always kind of ducking and weaving and trying to get the best deal. And, you know, I kind of imagine him, you know, and apologies to any of you who might be used car salesmen. But, you know, that sort of, you know, used car salesman who, when we buy a car, Ben doesn't really like to take me because I'm so suspicious, you know, and they're like, here's this car. And I'm just like, you know, what's wrong with it? And Ben's just like, Sarah, stop being so hostile to the man. Like, just, you just stay over there. And I, you know, whereas I'm, I'm immediately suspicious. How are you trying to take me for a ride? Are you trying to, what's really happening with this car? So we, we've arranged it. I'm not so much a part of that in our marriage. <clears throat> um, but, you know, you're kind of like, what's really going on? And that was how Jacob lived until in Genesis 38, he wrestles with God. Do you remember that? He's coming back to, to kind of see his brother. God's told him to come back and this man like God comes and they wrestle it's not you know that must be an unusual experience but there they are wrestling all night long and then God basically sees that he's you know he's struggling with him and he touches his hip so that he gets a bit of a limp and God says I'm going to change your name from Jacob to Israel and Israel means he who struggled with God and overcome and he was saying you know he was saying you are an overcomer that's who you are. You've lived your life under the banner of deceiver. But I say over you that you are an overcomer. And I, 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 I feel like God is wanting to speak truth into our hearts. He's wanting to st- speak truth into the places where we believe I'm a failure. I'm a deceiver. And if I'm a deceiver, if I'm a liar, if, I, if I'm bad with money... What's the point in even trying? And then we go down the temptation slide and end up way over here where we don't want to be. And so God is inviting us. How, how, do, we, how do we plug into this revelation of, of our identity? It's encounters with him. And it's not just that one-time encounter with him, but it's continual, ongoing encounters where he just like breaks truth into places in our hearts. For years, I, I would say one of the things that I struggled with in my mind would be believing that I wasn't good enough or that there was something wrong with me. And I, I always felt that people, if they really knew what was inside, they seemed to be so nice and complimentary, but I just felt inside there's something wrong with me. I'm, I'm pretty sure there is. I'm just such a failure. And it, those would be the tapes that would play in my mind. And one day, I... I I mean, it was probably, I I can't remember, probably about eight, nine years ago, I just decided, this is it. I am going to, I'm going to ask God, what is it? What is the thing that is wrong with me? I know it must be that. I'm just like, just give it to me straight, God, so that I can just, 
just face it and just, you know, just know once and for all. I've just always felt like there's something wrong. And so I journal and God just speaks some lovely things to me. But still in my heart, I can't believe that I'm really hearing it from him because I believe there probably is something wrong with me and I'm hiding it from myself. Do you ever have those sort of thought processes? And that afternoon I went out for dinner with a friend and um, we had dinner and she's a lovely, lovely girl and we're, we're kind of walking out to the parking lot and as she's getting into her car, I'm getting into mine, she was like, oh, Sarah, said, oh, I, I forgot I was praying for you this morning and I felt like God, you know, gave me a scripture to share with you and I was like, oh, yes, oh, that's so encouraging, isn't that nice? I was like, oh, what is it? And she said, it's Song of Songs 4 verse 7, you are altogether lovely and there is nothing at all wrong with you. <laughs> And I just had one of those moments where I was found by God. I I mean, I cried. You know, I'm standing in the middle of Milestone's parking lot and I'm like, oh, because I was found by God because he spoke right to the place of insecurity, right to that place in my heart of where I believe this about myself. And it was just like something went ping and I believed it. I heard him and I knew that was from him and it was just, it was just truth on the inside. And that, that thought, there's something wrong with me, has never had power over me again. And sometimes, you know, there have been days where it tries to come knocking at my door. Have you ever had those days where you're like, no, I have had freedom from this. And it's like, hello, I'm here at your door again. Would you like to invite me in? And, and I'm just like, no, because the Father says, I'm altogether lovely and there's nothing at all wrong with me. That is the truth. When I fail, when I make mistakes, when I'm tired and grouchy and irritable and unhelpful and unkind, because... Let's be honest, those things go on on in my heart. That he says, when I'm like, oh, Father, I did it again. I failed. I said this. And he, he says to me, you're altogether lovely. And there's nothing at all wrong with you. And that, those moments, those encounters with God, and there have been so many of them along the road, where he has met me in that place of, ah, and just spoken life and spoken truth and spoken true identity. Over you two, ever? Yeah, you've, you've got this to look forward to. Um, but that ongoing encounter with him is what we're all looking for and what we all need. And, and there have been times when I've just thought, I've had this one glorious encounter. This should last me for a few years. No, 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 no. We need those ongoing days and weeks where he comes and speaks his truth into those places in our hearts. And it's not just the opposite. You know, it's not just, I am, I am bad. No, the Father says, you are good. It's, it's, it's a word of life. It's a word of truth. You know, for Jacob, he went from being a deceiver to being an overcomer. God knew the word of truth that would, would unlock the launching into life for him. And he knows the words of truth that you need to hear. Whether you believe you're rejected, you're, whether you so have agreed with the, with the I'm single, I'm alone, I'm lonely. And the Father wants to kind of break you free of the places where that has become your identity. Where that has become the label that you agree with in life. Who does he say you are? 
What does he say about you? Because that is way more important than what we've believed about ourselves, than what your circumstances have said about you. Because, you know, there are, times, there are times when I could have thought, oh, I'm lonely. I'm alone. I'm single. And that has been the final word. But actually, I kept hooking back into the Father and saying, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Because that is more important than the circumstances I experience. And so this morning, are you coming to share some words? I thought you had some deep words of encouragement, love, that you were going to... Oh, okay. It's, it's good for her to be entertained. You know, Jesus came to pull us out of the miry clay of what we believe. And this morning, I, I want us to take a few minutes and just ask God, what is it I'm believing? Is there a label? Is there something that I believe about myself that isn't right? And let's just take a few moments. Some of you know already. Does anyone, you, know, you kind of like, I know the tapes I play in my head. I'm a failure. I'm broken. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm wounded. I'm, I'm too much. But you see, that's not what he's speaking over you. And if, if, if that's not what God's speaking about you, I don't want to have any thoughts in my head that are not what he says about me. Because those, those thoughts will limit me. Those thoughts will, will stop me from living the full life that he has for each one of us. So let's take a moment and just ask, Holy Spirit, would you, would you show us any of the labels, any of the things that we've been believing that are not what you say about us? spoken something to you and shown you something you've been believing let's just pray together right now and then we're going to ask him to come and speak truth so Father let's pray. if you want to pray with me Father I've believed this lie about myself and I want to be free 
I want to live in the truth of who you say I am. Forgive me for agreeing with this statement. And today I just take that label off. And I ask you to come and speak truth to me. Wow. And so I'm just going to pray for you. And I believe the Father is going to come and speak words of truth. It may be a scripture. It may be a picture he gives you. It may just be that still small voice in your mind. But he's going to come and speak over you. Who you are and how he sees you. So Father, I thank you that you are the speaker of life and love. And I invite you right now to come and just peel off every label, every lie that has been limiting these ones. And would you come and pour in your love right now? Would you come and pour in your truth right now? And would you come and speak to our hearts and tell us how you see us and what you think about us? Come, Father. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak right now. And let's just take a moment and wait and listen. Look, listen to what he's saying. felt the Father speaking over you guys as a church family and saying that it's time for this family to to let loose and to to really be who he's called you to be. And you know that story of um, Jesus' baptism marked the beginning of his ministry and it was when when the Father spoke that identity into him that it really launched him into his ministry and I feel like this is a really significant time for you guys as a church family and um and it's time to step out in, in the spiritual gifts, to step out in evangelism, to step out in the things that um, that you know you need to do. And, and maybe some of you have been waiting for this grand destiny moment to step from one thing to the next thing. But I believe the Father's just saying, no, just, just start walking, start, start doing the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. And I even got this picture that there's one of you who, um, you know, there's someone at your work... I've got this picture of you in a cubicle next to someone else. There's someone at your work that you know is ripe to hear the message of, of the Father's love for them in Jesus. And you're kind of saying, oh, well, you know, when this happens, then I'll share. When this happens, then I'll share. When this happens, then I'll share. But, but I really feel like now is the time. And not just for that, but, but for everything. For you guys to let loose all the stuff that he's been pouring into you over these years. To let loose in this community. And... Um, 
and step out. So I commission you guys to do it. Um, to go forth from today and, and to be bold and to walk in that identity that he's spoken in you today and in the giftings that, and the things that he's poured into you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Father, we just receive the words you've spoken over us this morning, who you say we are. And I want to encourage you, what you heard him say, write it down somewhere. Write it in your journal, write it on your phone, write it in the back of your Bible, write it somewhere where you see it. I wrote that. I wrote that scripture, you are altogether lovely and there's nothing at all wrong with you, um, on a piece of paper and I kept it in my office for four, five years where I could see it every day after, after she said that. And I just, every day, every time that that kind of little thought would try and knock at the door, I would look at it and be like, this is he, who he says I am. This is what he says over me. Write it where you can see it so that you remember it, so that it, it, it calls your heart into the truth of who, who he's made you to be regardless of circumstance because he says you're beloved he says you're pure he says you're an overcomer he says you're chosen he says you're accepted he says you're known he says you're mine there's a lot more things he says about you but what he said to you today I, want you to, I challenge you to write it down Put it on your mirror. Put it in your office at work and your on your fridge. And then whenever temptation slide knocks at your door, look at that and say, no, this is who I am. This is who he says I am. Well, I bless you as you, as you head out today. Sarah, is there anything more that you would like to... Oh, I'm sorry. Looking in the wrong way there. Let me hand it over to you. All right. Thank you. Thank you both very much. It's good.